0: You are listening to the Some Good Content podcast, a swipe file of proven content plays shared by some of the most successful content marketers out there doing the work. I'm John Benini, and I'm your host. Hey Camille, so we finally we finally found a time to chat. Um, and you're one of those you're one of those I feel like rare people in content for me, which is like I see your name everywhere. I see your name in those like those posts that people like put on LinkedIn. It's like who would like the top uh content marketing like pros that uh, you know are absolute must follows and you're always in there and but i've never spoken to you yet like we've never talked and i'm like we follow each other and i'm like i I gotta one of these days like i have to make sure like we hook up with camille so i could hear and like hear all about her her approach and her strategy so it's, it's great to finally to finally do that and to spend some time chatting
1: yeah, well, I mean, I'm uh, I'm honored to be on this show. Uh, obviously, um, love what you guys do at, uh, at DataBox, and have been following you for a while, and not just uh, your your LinkedIn following, but uh, your content. Right? Like it's funny that content marketers just follow <laughs> content, <laughs> uh, and then feel like you know the person through the content. So, um, yeah, honored to be here.
0: First, I guess for for everyone listening that maybe doesn't know. Who Dooley is, or what they are, what stage you guys are. Do you want to just give us like the quick rundown of 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 who Dooley is?
1: Yeah, yeah. So Dooley is a sales uh, tech startup. Um, we're in Series B. Um, we essentially make uh, sales easier um, and make the the lives of salespeople easier. Is like a personal personal mission goal of mine. Is like how can we help sales managers and and uh, uh, and, and AEs and reps, like how can we help all of them like work less, but, but bring in more revenue, right? Like that's the ultimate right. goal for, for any, any job, but, um, but we're specifically focused on, on salespeople. And so, um, we do that. Yeah. Through, um, through different, uh, different efficiencies that, uh, connect the, the sales cycle, um, from, uh, playbooks, like on the call that help yeah. you ejection handle, um, to, uh, bringing in fields into your notes um, so that they directly uh, they go back to Salesforce immediately so it's not a, an extra step that you have to do in your day so it really just connects like all all sales tools um, and connects the sales process so that you can sell faster and more efficiently
0: I feel like I've been spending so much time like marketing to marketers uh, like I would say probably the past yeah the, <laughs> like granted sales people use uh, data box and before that i was at litmus and certainly sales people send email right um but primarily i feel like i've always done marketing and content marketing for marketers what's different about sales people and and in terms of like creating a content strategy around that
1: yeah i mean this was the exciting and terrifying thing for me right because i was the same way like uh, was in a spot where I was marketing to marketers and, um, and it's, it's fun. And in some ways it was easier for me and that I could be a little bit of the subject matter expert, right. I could like rely on just my past knowledge. Right. Um, and so, so it was a little bit scary, like making the jump to, to sales. Cause I'm like, I've never been a salesperson, you know, it's not, <laughs> uh, it's, I'm not an expert. And so I have to like rely on, on the experts and, um, but I felt like that would make me better. So it's, uh, it's different, but there's, but I've also seen like the overlap, right? Like salespeople need to be good copywriters. Copy is really just like selling through words, right? Um, usually selling through like written through email. Um, and that's a huge part of uh, sales still is, is prospecting. And then, also just being a good communicator, right? Like a lot of content marketing is this, like is what yeah. we're doing right now, is podcasts and webinars. And so um, salespeople, it turns out, are, are very good at that. They are they're great communicators. And so I feel like I've become a better content marketer by just being around really smart salespeople. Um, but then also seeing like the value that I can like contribute to the community in some cases of... okay they really appreciate tips on tips on copywriting right or uh tips on like building their personal brand right um and so, what I've noticed is that salespeople are having to, are being asked to work um, higher up in the funnel, mm-hmm. and marketers are being asked to work like further in the funnel. Both sides are being asked to do full funnel, right? And so, um, so we can really like learn from each other. And uh, I've definitely become a better marketer like being in this role.
0: Right, and you're leveraging your past experience marketing to marketers to be able to yeah put together some of the resources. Uh, that is sales but that, and that makes sense like salespeople working further up the funnel and marketers may be working further down. Um, so what is that what is planning look like right now for you or what has it looked like over the past several weeks going into this year? like in terms of like the cadence? are you setting an annual plan? Is it a, is it a quarterly thing? Like what is, what is the current process you're going through right now?
1: Yeah, so um, so a few learnings from from my side in December. Um, it, it has to effective planning has to come from like the business level, right? It Has yeah. to come from the executive level. So there's sort of an executive strategic uh, planning session uh, in December. That's just, that's deciding. You know, this is how this is how we're going to go to market. These are the um, business level goals, right, um, for next year, and um, sort of the outline of uh, strategies to get there um, where we think we're going to be successful. So I think it has to start with that. And that seems obvious, but I think it doesn't always, right? Sometimes marketing really is like in a silo and it's like you do your marketing thing, we'll do our business thing. And that's uh, it. just sets you up to fail. Right. Um, Or another thing I've seen is, well, yeah, we'll do our sales thing. You do your marketing thing also doesn't work well. So um, so it starts at like the business level, uh, making sure that that planning is happening and Um, and communicated well of marketing making an effort to be what are those business goals I think ideally it's like three kind of like core goals just like the rule of threes and then you work backwards from there and so um I'm like a very visual person and I think our um our marketing like leadership team is too and so it would be me um our VP of marketing and then our uh, head of growth um and then also our uh product marketing manager as well in, the, in some of these, uh, like secondary conversations of then, okay, how do we, uh, how do we set a marketing plan based on this business plan? And one thing that I found effective just given, um, just, uh, my need for visualization. And then I think, uh, just the groups like need to collaborate is working like within Miro. So, I don't have any affiliation with Miro. Uh, <laughs> I, I just am like a fan of if you're, if you like most people are doing remote work, like it's the next best thing to a whiteboard. It's basically just a virtual whiteboard. So whether it's like Miro or uh, offices, like equivalent to that um, at that at this point, um, something like that I found really helpful. And so, um, so for me, like literally just bucketing those three, like here are the three buckets, dropping things underneath that, like here are some, um, here are some marketing uh strategies that like tie back to that business goal and then under that tactics and so um there's one feature that's like a mind map um that just makes it like really seamless to like make the spider web effect like based on that business goal and so that was a a nice way for me to just weed out like the other ideas (laughs) because uh because as marketers we just have like uh, we just vomit like I uh, And so it's nice to be able to get rid of some of them, um, because you can't track it back to, to a business goal. So starting from the business goal, um, trickling that down into a, a marketing strategy and then, um, taking that into, um, into a tactic and really like the, the tactics I think are where it's very like, um. It's very like in pencil versus pen, right? Like the tactics can change and I think probably should change like as you go along and as you test things. Um, But the but the strategies like are probably going to like stay the same, at least for the first couple couple quarters. And so that's like what's been helpful for us, just basically getting on the same page, collaborating as a team and then making sure everything tracks back to what we actually want to accomplish.
0: And so what does that look like from a content perspective, like planning? Are you planning out topics, keywords, uh, different campaigns, like the distribution strategy, all of the above? Like what does like a finished plan look like?
1: Yeah, so, um, okay, so, so two things. Um, first thing uh, is like the, okay so so underneath the, the business plan um there's like some themes that it needs to like be tied to or that um is kind of like our theory that will be like a good idea of okay what what do we have on the books for on from the product standpoint um like what what are we rolling out um what's what's our messaging kind of like for for Q1 and um even just for this year um that we're sort of anchoring on And then right now I'm breaking that into um, themes for the quarters, right? Like what are, how are we going to be like thinking about um, that top level messaging um, in terms of, in terms of campaigns and content? Um, And so that's that's one side of things. There's the campaign side where it's Mm -hmm. like themed, it's anchored to product marketing, uh, anchored to the business goals. And then there's also this kind of like um, evergreen content as well, right? Where it doesn't really have to like tie back to quarterly themes. Um, it's more just this, but it does tie back to the, to, to product messaging. So it's like, we know that these, um, these messaging, this messaging is effective and that if we do a, you know, an an example of a tactic would be if we do a long form pillar, like landing page, like based on this, like money, uh, topic for us um that we think that it's going to pay off in like a year um so you have more of like the evergreen stuff that you're doing as well so so that's kind of how i think about it is there's you have campaigns and then you have like your um strategic bets i guess um that are like longer term content plays um that you're doing um another example of this that we're looking at is um it starts with like okay how do we be, become a authority for our for our niche right right uh, and uh and we have we've built our brands like on um, becoming like someone's favorite, right? Becoming a uh, salespeople's favorite and have like a lot of um, brand affinity that way. And so for me, it's like, how do we back that up with, um, with data? And so for instance, like it's uh, we did a report end of last year. And so we're like bringing that uh, to market uh, this quarter and um and so that's kind of like a nice foundational piece but then a secondary thing to that was okay let's break this up into uh like stats pieces right Mm. of um like let's look at all of the different um terms like around sales and then within sales where do we play the most right like so it might be um productivity and enablement in our case but we're looking at all of like the, the the terms like around sales stats and then breaking those out into um, into separate pieces based on this larger report that we've done, right? And so just getting like the most out of the um, strategic content that you that, that you developed instead of saying we made this report, right? It's great. We're just going to distribute it through um, through organic. Uh, to me, it's been like, okay, how do we use that to then bolster our website, which is still you know fairly early stages, um, by and, and become like an authority in sales, but then also work with um, work with paid and the growth team to like distribute it through paid um and so so those are the two things um or one example um, of how that can look um, at a more granular level
0: it's really identifying themes leveraging assets and and really mapping out like how what the net new is going to look like what the distribution of bigger assets is going to look like all that is really contained like in your plan Um, i love The breaking up the bigger reports and the research report, like we do a lot of that, obviously, at Databox. Um, And like great for link building, too, because people love citing statistics and research and um, original stuff like that. Um, Talk about the the team, like how how many full time people are dedicated to content marketing at Dooley?
1: Yeah, so um, we have a... Events marketing manager and to give some context. She was the second marketer um, on the team and so started out as a um, Showrunner and um, like marketing generalist um, and then sort of identified like her superpowers as um, project management Events like had, had had experience like running shows before, um, and so yeah, so she's uh, this has been like a recent thing, but she's more of like an events uh, manager now. And then we have Kyle, who is our lifecycle marketing manager. Um, so he was brought on I think a month or two after after me, so he's been here a few months, and um, and he's done a great job. His his superpower I'd say is uh, is copywriting, but then also what's inherent in lifecycle marketing manager. Uh, capabilities is just being able to connect things too, right? right? Like of, uh, if we're if we're doing this, yeah. How how do we connect it through email? How do we connect it through the website? Like how do we um, connect everything that we're doing essentially? So also thinking about that, and then um, we have a front-end developer um, who's now sitting on the growth team. We kind of like restructured a little bit going into this year. Um, but I think that may, makes the most sense. Um, growth team definitely needs um, right. development resources. Um, but then we, we both, um, it's sort of a shared shared resource um, on the team, uh, being able to build things, right? And so that is, that's the structure right now. And then um, looking at uh, potentially bringing on one other Person this quarter,
0: and what about freelancers?
1: Yeah, so I've worked with uh, a couple um, writers, so I think just two um, so far. uh, Two more like SEO writers um, that we've uh, started onboarding end of last year, and then designers. So one actual really cool thing I think about uh, about this position is being able to work with designers that I worked with at my very first job, uh, which was at uh, like a B2B agency. Mm. And so um, both of them, like people that I looked up to and that were in kind of more of a um, creative around the uh, art director slash like creative director type role at that time. And I was like a junior writer Um, and uh, yeah, just two of my favorite people and uh, now they're doing some freelancing. So it was nice to be able to reach out to them and uh, work with people that you trust. And so, also yeah work with two uh, freelance designers but we don't have a full time right now but that's actually one that we're we're looking
0: for right now so do the do the freelance writers handle a lot of the blog like more top of funnel acquisition stuff or like is that more internal writers like what does that balance look like in terms of like in-house versus freelance and like whose responsibility is are are there clear-cut lines there
1: yeah, so I think anytime that you're working with a freelancer, it's figuring out, you know, what their strengths are. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want them necessarily working on anything that's not their strength uh-huh. for the first project, right? Um, like that could be a possibility later on. Um, but uh, for these first two, it was a combination of the the need to just have more blog content and to upgrade some of our past blog content, which had been more focused on uh, social um and social engagement and so going back and updating some of that stuff um so both of them more seo writers um is the short the short version of this and um bringing in, bringing on like actually an agency this year to help us repurpose uh video as well which i didn't mention so much but um
0: repurpose into like right written written content
1: um so we have we've done a ton of webinars actually um oh, that's okay. just hadn't done too much with and so we'd started adding email to those um but uh but we hadn't like been repurposing it for uh youtube and it takes like a lot of yeah it just takes a lot of uh manpower to to get that done and and to get it done right and so uh bringing them on to kind of like uh make it a little more professional than uh than what we do and and hopefully uh just work work less hours uh <laughs> than, than spending a ton of time like publishing and like republishing on several different sites right so mainly mainly uh repurposing video but then part of that actually is repurposing video into blogs
0: too. yeah but that's smart though. open up potentially open up another acquisition channel on youtube right another search engine by breaking up the webinars into smaller videos that's smart um and what's been like? What's been the most impactful content channel um, in terms of like blog, video, podcast? Uh, you mentioned uh, in, in in your write up before the show, social campaign launches specifically around video. So like, can you tell us more like what that is and how that works?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, social campaign launches. So uh, good examples have been uh, anytime that we have. Um, Won awards through right. or recognitions through G2. Um, you see a lot of SaaS companies doing the um, the banners like across different different yeah. sites, yeah. right? Of of touting that and i've always wondered like does does that work like i understand like owning owning a category um but these like tiny banners that show up on my podcasts, uh i'm not i'm not sure that i'm i'm gonna click on that or i'm gonna care about that especially because <sighs> every other SaaS company is doing it um and so i think we we've always uh, gone like a different direction with this and shout out to to my boss um our vp of marketing who's just always Uh, always been like go big or go home uh, with things and leaned into brand early um but our thought was yeah how do we get people to care about this and like pay attention to this like we when we've made uh this effort and like uh, put in all this time to to lead like to lead a category like on on g2 and we have people saying like some incredible things about us and so uh how do we make that interesting how do we make it not about us basically um and so i think the answer to that is is uh is yeah, just community-led content, and so and and internal marketing. I found so by um, by making it a fun thing internally. Of uh, for instance, one of the first things we do we did was uh, making it around uh, GQ, and it really just came from like me accidentally saying GQ instead of G two, <laughs> um, and then we're like, ah, oh, that'd be like a fun, that'd be like a funny campaign. We were already planning to do some sort of campaign, and that just kind of sparked the idea. And so a lot of people on our team, like we uh, we developed a uh, template um, that looked like a GQ magazine, um, and then like crossed out G2, um, and then like touting different like awards on the side, right? Um, but kind of like making the the people within um, Dually the heroes, right? Instead right. of um, and and our customers, too, who are like highlighting like the different things that they're saying um, and like the love um, that they've shown too, and uh, and really making like a community play. So. People over at G2 like like loved it like the greater community of of LinkedIn like uh, really liked it and uh, and then internally like this was something that we didn't go into it or I didn't go into it thinking this will be a good internal marketing play but I think it like strengthened the team like we, I think we just felt like more more like a team after the first couple launches of that um, and and then sales like uh, started getting them participating in that too and so. Um, so yeah, it was it was effective for for all of those reasons. Is it just uh, it felt like more of a community, like making it about people, like rather than making it about uh, about uh, the product or about uh, a company. It just felt like human. So, marketing.
0: So did the people in Dooley? Did you guys take like uh, photographs and have like you know model spreads and stuff? Like what what did that look like for?
1: <laughs> uh, so funny enough, uh, so Mark like did did have like a GQ esque like uh, <laughs> style <laughs> uh, uh, style photo shoot like a few months back like unrelated um but uh, that he was able to use for his so his turned out like like a plus but um but uh, everyone else yeah we got uh, I think this is another important thing about it is even if, if you have a big idea it can it's better than big production uh, or like big money right and so like the idea what like really um is what made it successful. And the rest of it was fairly scrappy. Like we just uploaded, you know, uh, our best pictures that we like had on our phones yeah. um, and sent those to a designer. And then for, for V2 of this, we did one around Star Wars and it was like, same thing. Like for actually this, this one, I did get people to, uh, to do some poses um, <laughs> got some like R2D2. We got some stuff in there. Um, so we had some poses, but yeah, it's just about like being scrappy and like upload all these pictures. Here's like the cover image we're going to use designer is going to like put it all together with um photoshop magic we have like the one thing that we anchor on and then the second part of this that made it successful was to was basically like content or social content enablement is kind of like how I how I think about it, but it's creating like a master doc that links to all of the assets that you can share, uh, but then then has like kind of example posts or like inspiration um, that you can draw from for the actual post, so that people can like one get up to speed on like why why are we doing this, when are we doing this, um, how do we do this, uh, and just like make it really like uh, super simple to post for the greater company, like outside of, outside of marketing that's working directly on this um, to say like, hey, this is a way that we can tout like uh, our, our status uh, in these different sales categories. And so people understand that and the value of that. And then it's also just, I think, fun um, if you give them a way to make it fun.
0: Right, I like that too, because it focuses more, like you said, on the people and not like the faceless entity that is your company, right? Um, and when you start, and especially when it's like, it could be like silly like that whether it's star wars or the, the the gq um sort of angle um i just feel like that's probably so much more effective uh because it is focusing on on real people uh real people being silly so i feel like that's that's a good combination especially the with the g2 stuff because um, everyone just slaps the like you said the banner or the badge and at this point it just means i don't know i feel like it, it means very little um, so making it real like that, uh, by using the team, I feel like that's a, that's a great idea. Um, and what's been the most impactful distribution channel for the content at the company?
1: Yeah. So, I, so again, like we, we've really doubled down, I think on LinkedIn, like, uh, obviously I'm sure Gong comes up a thousand times, like on this call, but, <laughs> um, but you know, Gong's like use that really effectively to, uh, to build out distribution and to build out community at the same time. And I think that is the future um is like if you can um create content or at least distribute the content in a place um where it's more likely to be shared and talked about and have conversations around like um it it just makes your your life easier and so early on again like mark um had the idea of um partnering with a few different uh, linkedin channels that had already had um, good subscriber bases and so we have the opportunity to, to promote our, our content there. And so it's a mixture of, um, you know, literally, literally memes and what I joke, like (laughs) product led memes of like, we always like lead with our, with the pain that we solve, like within those. Um, but then it's, uh, pain and, uh, pain and suffering is like humor a lot of times, right. Uh, is like, if you, uh, if you like feel it, like, like deep down, uh, in, in the meme or in the joke, um, then, uh, it validates like. Is this where we should play? And then it should uh, also, uh, you know, get them interested in. Do they? Have, does this? Does this poster have a solution like to this problem? So that, and then also the um, the blog content that we do, we like distribute through. Uh, specifically, like the blog content that's geared towards socials. So that's an important aspect of this. Of I think that they they are very different, but the inspiration, more of the inspirational type and example type content, um, will distribute
0: through LinkedIn. And the personal profiles, not, not uh, the company page, it sounds like too, but a big emphasis on the personal profiles.
1: Yeah. So, um, so what I, what I was just talking about was more of like the partner, like media pages that are like sales, yeah. sales humor, you know, like yeah. some of those yeah. are media pages. And then, yep. Yeah, uh, the other part of this, yeah, it was, um, was we had a training like a month or two ago that was just a, if you're curious about this, like you can attend every Wednesday, I think we have a WTF Wednesday and where, uh, where, uh, it's very optional, but this one was on personal branding. And so, um, just, yeah, delved into kind of some best practices, uh, on LinkedIn and on social, um, and, um, just made the case for why you would want to do this. Like, and there's several different reasons, um, whether it's for like the side hustle that people are working on or, um, uh, to get, get farther in their career or to like help drive sales for the company. There's a bunch of different reasons you can do it, but, um, we had a little bit of, uh, fireside on that, um, and have a channel like where people can, uh, drop their, drop their links if people want to, want to engage. Um, and so that's been really helpful. And then more so than that, though, again, going back to Mark and then early stage company, when he was a marketer of one, I think he really led this. Like he did it by example, through his own personal profiles, uh, of, uh, both posting on LinkedIn and then hosting some shows. So one of his first plays was uh, was Fire Talks, uh, which is kind of like Hot Ones but for sales. And so uh, he used LinkedIn Live, like to, or we use LinkedIn Live to distribute that through uh, through a partner channel to get extra reach. Um, and so then we're kind of like known in that community for that, right? And so uh, which helped like the brand, it helped uh, his personal brand. Uh, and then it also helped like lead by example of, Oh, I, I can see like what's possible, what Mark's achieving over here with this. Right, and then right. what Ryan Scalera as a rep, like has been able to, um, pull in, um, in terms of uh, prospecting, like for really some really good deals have come like through, through his personal branding. So I think just leading by example and showing what's possible from, from something like that. And then it doesn't have to be Company-related, you can have uh, you can use it to achieve goals outside of outside of the company. And It's really about uh, empowering employees and um, showing that we care about the progression, whether or not that's at this company or not.
0: Right. Yeah, I like that. And LinkedIn is the smart play, right? Like the when your audience is salespeople, you mentioned Gong, right? They're they're killing it on LinkedIn. It makes sense to focus a lot of time on there, whether that's your personal profiles, company pages other com- existing communities that are there um it's, and, and it just makes sense right and it, se- it seems like it works well um how often does how often do you guys publish new content um in terms of like blog posts um and yeah maybe like the stuff that's broken up into like social posts but like starting with the blog like how often are you publishing new content
1: Yeah. So, um, I think when you first asked this question I said, uh, once, once a week, which is still true, like we will do again, mostly a social poke, social focused post, Mm -hmm. uh, once a week. Um, and we'll try and do like one, at least one webinar, but it's usually like two or three, uh, a month. Um, and then like recently since, uh, since bringing on like a few like SEO writers, um, that sort of like shifted how, how much content we, um, we push out as well, but it's kind of under the radar, right? So like at first I had her working on or, or we identified like some areas like where we could update where there was search intent for some of these things, even though they were based on social, uh, topics, um, identified those and then upgraded those. And so that was maybe, I think that was six, um, six topics. And that was over the course of like right. Right. two, two months. Um, and then uh, then the, yeah, this next step has been like identifying 10 to 20 uh, topics like around our subject matter expertise. So we published a few on um, on sales enablement, like to start, and so kind of like a cluster around that. So that was one thing we just did that we just did over break. Um, and so um, so yeah, so Josh Spilker is like a friend friend of mine who uh, works at uh, Friday App and like a really smart content marketer. And, uh, I resonate like with what he says on, uh, the, the content calendar for SEO content. He's like, if it's, if it's done, if it's ready, like just publish it. So (laughs) as far as like the,
0: you can definitely overthink that.
1: Yeah. Like, like, I don't care when it goes out. Um, the sooner the better, right? Like the sooner we can index it, the sooner it it does things for us. And so, um, so that like, uh, for better or worse, I don't have like a, a cadence for it for it yet. It's, um, it's, it's more just, uh, yeah, assign it, assign those things, um, get the briefs good enough, but assign them as soon as we can when it's live, like we, we publish it live. There's less of a calendar for that uh, specific play.
0: Right. That makes sense. Um, so getting into the actual content plays, like everybody that comes on the show, like we ask them to share like their three most effective content plays over the last six to you know, 12 months could be sooner too. But um, so play number one you had was amplifying internal subject matter experts and giving away your internal playbooks. So what does that mean?
1: Yeah, so I mean, the one of the first things that I did, and what I tell people to do, if they're coming into a company with that zero, zero context, Um is one get that context right talk to customers do all that um talk to sales but in the meantime like you want to get some some quick wins and some quick learnings and so um again i'm biased but social is kind of how i do that and so what i do is i go back to and listen to um guest podcasts with uh, our ceo and with our um with our vp of Revenue because they are the subject matter experts. Uh, Our CEO was a sales rep. He was then a sales leader He based this whole product like based on like the gaps in uh, uh, when he was in sales and his frustrations and then again like our um, our VP of revenue uh, has worked at Drift some other places and so they're very like respected in the community and and really well-spoken so I'd go back and, and listen to the either articles or um, guest podcasts they've been in and then repurpose it into some, some social and then evaluated like the results of that based on are we getting – who who's, who's engaging with that content and how are they engaging with it. And so, um, so for instance – I've noticed like any time that I'll publish uh, anything uh, that Michelle says or or, like the best like nuggets of what she says on essentially like how to be a a good sales leader and how to build your sales team um, always gets like um, uh, a reaction like from sales leaders. Um, Whereas like some of our other more tactical content will get more play from like, you know, BDRs and AEs, which makes sense, right? They're on like the, um, they're in the trenches like doing, doing that work and uh, the sales leaders, um, uh, the sale, the sales leaders are setting that strategy, right. And like thinking about team building and all of that. And so, um, one thing that she said is when she was on this podcast that she'd get some, she'd get some requests of how do I start using Dually and stuff. And so I knew that that content was driving that. So it's a little bit of how do you amplify that? And so this has been like a, only like recently that we've started trying to like cut up some of those clips in terms of video, but the quick thing that people can do is just um, cut it up into like text posts. Um, And I've cut both of those things into text posts for Chris. It was like, Uh, His story of, you know, being a 3x salesperson and not updating Salesforce ever Uh, But that's how he was able to to become a top rep Um, and and uh, then as a a leader realizing why that uh, Why that doesn't work or it doesn't scale right and so um, and then essentially making dually and so Telling that story basically in like 10 lines right or like 15 lines and stuff is like how it's going to be consumed um, either that or through through video and then telling that story often um, is something something that I've started to do and for that one that was interesting because um, someone uh, a, a founder tagged their sales team in one of those posts. Um, and then ended up becoming a, a customer later. Right. And so you don't usually get that level of, uh, of attribution in these things. Um, but you can sometimes when you're looking for it. Right. Um, so, so that was a, a good win. I thought of realizing like where we're getting some traction, right? Like where we're getting some free users or some uh, demo requests uh, based on maybe these this long form content, but then figuring out, okay, how do we extend that? How do we repurpose that somewhere else so that we have like the, the best parts of that content easily digestible, that we can get some of those similar, similar results.
0: Right. I, I mean, I- at a basic level i love the idea of leveraging subject matter experts like internally um and in your case like you you were referencing some of them are already creating content um they could be on podcasts or or what have you but even for other companies too like interviewing just like the subject matter because at some companies the subject matter experts might not be as public or they might not have content out there but um you know that that was the case at a previous company i had worked at we would just interview our the you know the internal whether that was the founders like the head of product um, you know, the people who, who like built the product and, and, and really knew the mission and the, the whole vision of it inside and out. And we would just interview them. And again, similar to what you just did, break it up into different pieces of content, see what, you know, resonated. And, and um, so, yeah, I would encourage anybody uh, to to look for the first, the subject matter experts in your company that are already creating content, whether they're guests on other podcasts or not, or interview, interview them if they're not. Um, because I feel like that's a really easy and often overlooked way of, of getting like really good content, um, that you could like transpose across like different channels and stuff like that. Um, yeah.
1: And and obviously you can, um, you can interview people outside of your company too and get, uh, um, get their perspective. But one benefit of doing it within your company is you get the like unique perspective. Um, and, um, like Mark market level, uh, Point of view, like if you do it within within your company, right? Of it's like from the angle of, uh, like they're they're passionate about being here for some reason, right? Like they came to this this uh, company for some reason, and um and so they have like a unique viewpoint uh, around it that like um, someone outside of your company is not going to have. And so I think it's a mix. Like I think you you still want to obviously interview people outside of that, um, and I'm a big fan of that. But you also want to make sure that like you have. Uh, you have a, a, a voice, and you have a like a distinct perspective, like as a company.
0: Right, exactly. Um, play number two, I found really interesting. You talked about how your last company, marketer hire, you rewrote a blog post about the highest demand marketing role. How does that tie in?
1: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, for some context for people, uh, like marketer hire, this is going to get really meta, but marketer hire marketed <laughs> to marketers marketers, <laughs> like, uh, that we were selling marketing talent. Right. Um, and so, um, so if you think about it, the product was talent or the product was, um, people. And so it made sense for us to define, uh, what those roles were in part, because that was, um, again, going back to business level, um, our CEO, like had a strong perspective and, uh, that marketing is a is a technical um career path and like should be compared to like lawyers and like um high-paying jobs that are that tend to be more respected than marketing right and so knowing that going in and this is something that like again just listen to listen to um his podcast and like his stuff knowing that like that anchors like okay what the rest of that content is going to look like but then um starting with what's our, what's our product and essentially how can we level up our product, our product pages, which in our case were role pages, Mm um, was to, um, support that with, with blogs, like, and starting with kind of like that what is blog that would then like link back to that product page. Right. So that's like right. the overarching um, sort of like strategy on why to start there. Um, the number number two thing about this is it was ranking pretty well already. It was, I think, in like five or six, the five or six spot for um, for the one that was the long form piece that was created when I came in. Um, I, I didn't see it, it being... I didn't see it being tied to, the, to revenue um, so much. Like I would look in our channel where uh, the, the demo requests were coming in and it would be, you know, how did you hear about us? I didn't see like that uh, piece like referenced and nor did I expect when I updated this for it to do that. But, uh, but when we updated it, we interviewed several experts um, and specifically some of the experts within our circle, um, like some of the talent within marketer hire uh to to shape like our uh our perspective around this um and uh and in doing that um it kind of strengthened our original thesis that that um growth marketings are just marketing managers in 2022 they're like an evolved marketing (laughs) manager and so um so that was uh that was that was kind of like our, our take and again like this is this is in the title like we're saying like why growth marketers are marketing man or modern marketing managers essentially in 2022 so that's interesting because like now like we have like a thesis and people are either going to agree or not agree with that and they have a reason to to click on the post but um but yeah we we really just did like a deep dive and made those comparisons there was another one uh nugget in like an interview that i had that was why growth marketers are like day traders um, and that sort of like resonated or, or didn't resonate with some people. And so it's like making those connection points, like making it feel like, yes, like this, this company gets it. Um, and they've taken the time to interview like three, four five, like plus like growth marketers um, to, um, to make me feel like they really know what they're talking about. And then they, they also have like a stance on it. So Um, so I realized in retrospect, like bringing all of that together, um, and having also like visualizations, graphs, like throughout it, um, to like data to support, um, everything that we're saying, um, was, was what made it convert. And, uh, and I, and we did have a sort of like CTA at the end too. Um, and that does help like with, with attribution, uh, frankly, is because you'd see some people coming in through there. You could, we could also tell, um, through like enriched, uh, attribution, people that typed in like growth marketer, if they had converted that way. Um, and then, uh, yeah. And th- through all those things, we just saw that, 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 page was actually converting. And so if, so an easy play for people is if you have stuff that's already doing good, um, but not great. And what I mean by that is if it's ranking, but it's not doing anything for your bottom line, then you should, Uh, we'll evaluate that content and decide if it's like, if it's good business level content, right? Um, Like, you know, we have one that's ranking now that's like, uh, top sales memes, which is helpful for uh, for getting our blog uh, some authority and like get, getting some rankings like early on. Um, but it's probably not going to like bring in business. I don't expect it to bring in business. But something like this, this like relates directly to the business and uh, we're already ranking well for it. So it's like, okay, how can we take the next step um, to actually make this convert? And so the success from that is... Uh, most mar- most content marketers would say we got the we got the featured snippet like that was the success that was like the goal right um, but uh, but for us I think like the the goal was and, and should be to to convert and to to um, To show a level of like credibility and like authority that uh, after reading this, uh, you should be like seriously considering uh, marketer hire as uh, an option for hiring that growth marketer.
0: So really the play is like identifying content that performs maybe from a traffic perspective, but maybe not from a conversion perspective yeah right like that's that's almost a shortcut that's like stuff you could see even directly in google analytics if you're if you're tagging your signups or or subscriptions or whatever like metric matters to you in ga like you can you can create like a table of like the pages on your site that drive the highest traffic and have like lowest conversion rates um because yeah I'm i'm a huge proponent of content updates whether that's like in this case these would be like like I have three phases. Like the first phase is like the uh, the biggest losers I call them. So the ones that were performing really well, and then like maybe over the last three, six, twelve months, have like decayed. Like those are easy ones to easy wins because like they already have some authority. They already have links. Um, you only maybe have to do some some like smaller updates to them or or beefing up to get the post ranking again. Um, but then there's like um, the almost famous, the ones that are like page two or three. And then the ones that never ranked, but in this case, these are po- uh, posts that are ranking, but not converting. So like that's that's like another step in there, and like a uh, like a really um, could be like a high priority page, right? For for anybody, because you you don't have to worry about getting eyeballs on it; it already has that. Really, you're just trying to like, how do we reposition this page, or like add different elements to it to get people to convert. Um, so that makes sense that why that why that performed well. Um, yeah.
1: And fast and fast tracking that too. Like um, obviously, you don't have to wait for Google. Google doesn't care about your uh, right. your calendar, as as Josh would say. But um, but social does. Like like you can you can speed you can speed up your results like by adding social on top of that. And so when we did that, like we promoted it by, um, we had the opportunity then to tag in everybody that had like helped with the article, asked them to, to help promote it. Um, and then over time like chop up like different pieces from that and uh and give our take um and that started like a conversation in and of itself like in the feed and got people interested in the article and so um so that's like another important important layer for for seeing results um from social and then later seeing the results from seo
0: smart play number three content repurposing which is something you've kind of talked about at several points in this conversation so far but why did you have that as like as number three like talk a little bit more about that
1: yeah so um, for anyone that's interested I wrote up this playbook uh, on on uh, metadata uh, on their blog uh, but essentially we launched uh, something called marketer live um, which interviewed uh, CMOs um, live um, and then we had sort of like an email cadence afterwards of being able to to view it so, So we had like a pretty good cadence set up and we had a good strategy of, okay, CMOs are the ones that are going to be doing this hiring. We're going to ask them specifically, obviously we could ask them about anything within marketing, but for this show, we're going to like keep it streamlined and we're going to ask them specifically about, um, their team, like their, their team setup, like who, who they're looking to hire, who they would hire first, you know, everything like around, like what we actually offer. Um, cause we think that that will convert better. And because like the, the questions were very, um, strategic, uh, then it was easy to go in after the fact, um, or even me during the call. Cause, uh, cause Tracy would, would run the interview. I'd sort of like jot down moments that I thought were good. Um, and then after the fact, um, Send send all of those like to it to a content repurposing agency of saying I want these clips And then I would usually give like two or three different headlines per clip and so then like this is this is by the way like a really good way to um, uh, To curry favor like with the the growth team or with the the paid team Because um, then you can send this you can send this to the paid team and then they're able to like a B test like these different headlines and clips um, in um, in paid and and those converted and so um so it's uh most like most of my plays like i'll go back to how can you get more (laughs) out of like one thing right um and it's what you talked about it's like taking the time to repurpose content when it's old after a year and not just like letting it decay Mm -hmm. um and then it's uh it's yeah chopping up like the longer form content into into smaller bits and putting it where people are right now um and so we did that, and before that step two, we published it on on organic social, and this was this is kind of a helpful can be a helpful middle step for people who don't have a ton of money because we're able to see, okay, what's, what's the reaction, even in this smaller sample size of people, um, do, do they like it? Are they engaging with it? Are they asking questions? Um, and then kind of deciding, is this worth like promoting to paid after that? And so, um, so yes that was a good, uh, a good play for me. I I wrote it all up in, uh, in a blog if anyone's interested in like step-by-step approach to doing something, something similar, but, um, but yeah, I've, I
0: saw that work really well. I'll, I'll throw the link to that uh, in the uh, in the blog post for this that goes up, uh, the metadata playbook. Uh, you also included a link to an example of an internal, like you were referring to earlier, the subject matter post, uh, su- subject matter expert post that you repurposed um, from past content. So you, you included a link there that I could I could share with everybody too. Um, yeah. But yeah, it does like I, I definitely see a recurring theme here. What what did you say? That a lot of what your strategy focuses around is like finding out uh the content repurposing and and then how to <clears throat> basically like other elements how to break it up into other pieces across different channels to drive attention to things that might already be working um which i feel like could could take you really far right in in in, a, in any company especially if there's a backlog of stuff that's already published um that's already performing or was performing or not performing at all right there's opportunities in all of that stuff and i feel like we do we we forget about stuff after we publish it most most marketers most content marketers like we publish and you're just like it's the next thing like, what's the next thing going out? What does next month look like? And, like, that stuff often gets forgotten about. So, um, but it feels like a lot of what your approach, like, hinges hinges on that stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that you have to. Uh, just, it's it's like a survival <laughs> technique, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you just have like a limited amount of time, and uh, it's really easy. And I still still do it to get on the like, right. hamster wheel. of I have to, I have to do more, and like I'm not doing enough. Um, and so yeah, so I've just noticed that two things. Like when you take the time at the very beginning to have a solid strategy and to to make to, to make content that makes a case too. Yeah. Um, that's like building building a case, like and you're figuring out as you go what that what that case is. Um, that that makes the content more compelling, and then. Yeah, and then the second step is once you've done that, once you've actually created something that people like uh, or or that people love really, um, how do you get the most out of it? And it really boils down to that.
0: Right, I love that. And they're quicker wins too. So Camille, this was great. Uh, uh, Like I said, for everyone listening, I'm gonna share the links that Camille was referencing in the actual uh, corresponding blog post. So you could check out those examples. Everybody loves a good example. But thank you for coming on and sharing this level of detail about everything. This is like super helpful.
1: Nice. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad. Got to hear it. Uh, it helps me to to talk things out loud and so <laughs> um, and cl- clarify my own thoughts. So I really appreciate it.
0: Thanks, Camille.